back. Another day, another team preview. Counting down until the NBA season starts. I'm Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker. If you're a Pelicans fan and this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, you can find us at BrickHousePodcast.com. Email us through there. Let us know all your deep innermost feelings. Yeah, we have the number 17 team on our team previews for the uh, for the season. It's the Pelicans. And as tradition this year, we are roasting the Pelicans. We're roasting every team. We're making fun of them. We're telling jokes. Key word is jokes. Bob, you know the nickname for New Orleans is the Big Easy. Uh-huh. Or as Pelican opponents call it, the Big Easy W. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe that joke didn't write itself for me. Yeah. The Pelicans Arena is the Smoothie King Center, which makes sense because the Pelicans are also full of things they're trying to convince you are good or more expensive and overall not as enjoyable as real basketball. <laughs> the Sherbert of NBA teams. <laughs> Roasted. Roasted. Uh, it's been a couple of years now since the team changed their name to the Pelicans. I think another team would have shown... You know, really how broken the team was at the time. They should have been the New Orleans Levies. Oh, man. Apparently, at DeMarcus Cousins' request, the Pelicans went out and signed Rajon Rondo because that worked out so well for Sacramento. (laughs) Cousins and Davis make up the NBA's latest version of the Twin Towers, which is weird because in this analogy, I would say Cousins is also the terrorist flying the plane. (laughs) Pelicans guard Etwan Moore looks like he has a rule that he tells himself his own name whenever he's around cookies. Etwan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the top. This one, that one better not get cut. I really hope we don't watch Anthony Davis waste most of his prime on such a bad team. Would be a shame to see him end up like Kevin Garnett on the Timberwolves or Zoe Deschanel on the New Girl. Oh. Also, you're no longer the New Girl after two to three years. It's going on seven. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Davis has the most famous unibrow in the country, and he wears it proudly, but I don't really get why. You don't have to make it your thing. The next young prospect is famous for his utterly terrible breath. (laughs) Yeah, man, halitosis. That's just me. That's just who I am. That's my thing. Roasted. Roasted. Let's tell uh, listeners about the changes the Pelicans went through in the offseason. Added Rajon Rondo as we as we stated. They also added Ian Clark. Oh from yeah, the Warriors. From the Warriors. That's a good pickup. Right, not a terrible pickup at all. They traded for the pick that became Frank Jackson from Charlotte. Okay. Um, they also signed Darius Miller, who is playing in the Euro League, which gives them four Kentucky players now on this team. Uh, how about the uh, the starting lineup for this team? And now, the starting lineup for your New Orleans Pelicans! ESPN has Rondo and Drew Holiday starting in the backcourt together. They've got oversized guys in Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, so maybe they're trying to even it out with some undersized guards. The cookie man at small forward? <laughs> uh, you keep referencing it. I'll have to leave it in. Yeah, no, that's a that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see if this team can make it work. You know, uh, Alvin Gentry's at the helm of this team and, and uh, at risk of being the first coach fired of the year mm-hmm. if he can't get out to a start that looks like they're on uh, on track to make the playoffs. I was trying hard for an Alvin Gentry roast joke. But oh, I, me too. I just like the guy. 
I remember on the Short Corner podcast, mm-hmm. Paul Shirley talked about playing for Alvin Gentry and came up to him with some sort of question about, you know, the, the strategy for the, the game going forward, the playoff series or whatever it was. And Gentry's just like, well, you know, it's the NBA. The team with the better players is going to win. You know? <laughs> nice. yeah. And he's the head coach. He gets paid millions of dollars. Right. He gets paid millions of dollars to watch this average team be average. So Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, the uh, the Twin Towers. Yep. The the resurgence of a style of basketball that has really gone gone out of date in the NBA. The attempt at a resurgence. Uh, just in case you're wondering, Vegas has them at 40.5. 40.5. Where are we at on the Pelicans as far as... It's a team I think we all want to do good because we all want to see Anthony Davis play in meaningful games. Yeah. I got him over 40.5. I'm, I'm rooting for it. Yeah. I think they can do it. I think DeMarcus Cousins is in a contract year, so he's going to try and be on his best behavior. I don't know if, what that means, but he's going to try. It uh, could help that Gentry is so hands-off, too. I don't know what it was like for DeMarcus in Sacramento, but there were such expectations there, and there still are expectations, but he at least has Anthony Davis to soften the blow. Right, as long as Anthony Davis can stay healthy. And a 20-gazillion-dollar man, Drew Holiday. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot riding on this season. The coach and the GM's job probably depend on it. Whether Cousins stays or not probably depends on them making the playoffs, I would think. Whether the whole team moves out of New Orleans could be determined by how the season yeah. goes in New Orleans. That's a I think that's kind of a not talked about thing, possibility. I don't think a lot of people talk about that as much as they should. It'd be nice for Seattle. They, they lose Kevin Durant, but they gain an Anthony Davis. That would be a nice apology. Not bad. Uh, how about on a game of Survivor where the Pelicans are on a Pelican Island? Ooh, Pelican Island. You know, I have the winner is Drew Holiday. I like Drew Holiday. Yeah. I like him on the court. I like him off the court. He... Last year, his wife was going through some health issues, and he took a vol- uh, took an absence to tend to her and help her through it. In sports where, unfortunately, men are more likely to punch women, yeah. this, this one helped the woman, which was very nice to hear. They're college sweethearts, too. And yeah. She, uh, she played for the UCLA soccer team. Right. There are worse people I thought could get $125 million. Worse players. Not, not because of... I like him off the court, but I'm also talking about on the court uh-huh. as far as risks. Overall, because of that, I deem him the winner of Survivor. Okay. First off, Boogie and Rondo start trash-talking the island and complaining the island doesn't treat them right and then leave. <laughs> they quit on the team? Yeah. You don't say. Me, personally, I'm not betting against Rondo in the game of Survivor. Oh, wow, okay. He's uh, he's mastered Connect Four, and he doesn't seem like he'd be flappable against any of these challenges Ooh, Pelican's either. Pelican's flappable pun there. <laughs> His only potential weakness could be that I hear he's obsessed with showers. Like he takes four to five showers a day. Who has time for that? It's not a luxury they'll have on, uh, yeah. on Survivor Island. Like Quincy Pondexter is the first voted off. Nice. Every time I see his name, I think he's a character from Revenge of the Nerds. Poindexter? I think jocks will instinctively gravitate towards bullying anyone named Poindexter. Yeah, that's a good one. Sorry, Quincy. It's not even really your fault. It's your parents. (laughs) You're gone, dude. (laughs) The sins of the father, Bob. (laughs) 
comeback hard. I was really excited for the five-star version of New Orleans. This mm-hmm. is where we get to talk about things from New Orleans and rank them in our personal rankings uh, between one and five stars. What did you rank for the Big Easy? Being a city built under sea level. Ew. It's real weird. They A lot of the tombs I read for the dead people are above ground. Cause they, since but sinking. Right, but they also, since they're, they don't want to like flood and unbury the so when the city floods you gotta go hang out with the crypts yeah and in the crypts in the crypts that'll be your safe haven yeah this is a as we've seen as history has shown us this was a not a good idea to build a city under sea level so they get an under zero rating of negative one star oh see what i lowest rating yet see what i did i'll try and uh, bring their average score up by ranking cajun food Ooh, yes Jambalaya, crawfish etouffee, po'boys, gumbo, boudin. Is it spicy? Yes. Is it delicious? Yes. Does it go good with alcohol? Yes. Ooh. Back in Houston, we used to get drunk and go to the crawfish festival every year. They're kind of a pain in the ass to get to the meat, but it helps you pace yourself while you're gaining 10 pounds in one sitting. It, it forces a little exercise. Yeah. To... Five stars. Nice. Five stars for Cajun cuisine. You know who was born in New Orleans? Carl Weathers. Ooh, I like it. Yes. Okay. Carl Weathers is a five-star birth, in my opinion. Yes. Happy Gilmore with the one hand, <laughs> Gator eating his hand. Um, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. America was treated to a boxing match, a very high-profile boxing match of McGregor and Mayweather. Oh, yeah, sure. Friend of the show, Kevin, proposed a question I want to propose to you now. What would the odds in a Creed Rocky fight be? Do you know? You, you, have you ever thought about this? Who would who would have been the favorite by how much? Who would have been the underdog by how much? Uh, Rocky would have been the underdog. Rocky would have definitely been the underdog, but probably not as bad as McGregor. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what we were talking about. It's the odds are crazy. Wait a minute, did you give a a, a star for Carl Weathers? Five stars. Five stars. Yeah. of course. Now I'm ranking. Jazz, Matt. Oh, this might also be where I'm going, so we'll see what you're saying. Not the Utah jazz. Yeah. New Orleans jazz. I used to listen to a lot more music than I do now. In fact, I learned from Malcolm Gladwell recently the average age for people's peak in music interest is around age 21, 22. That's fair. So around age 19, I was hitchhiking through Northern California. I went to one of my favorite band's shows at the time do make say think they're what was defined as a post-rock band which i think is uh, playing jazz chords on rock instruments okay so their first album was harder and less jazzy and their lead singer about halfway through the show gets on the mic and says those were some new jazzier tunes now we're going to play some of our older heavier stuff yeah at which point some guy in the audience yells out woohoo fuck jazz and the guy on the mic, the guitarist, says, what? What? Fuck jazz? Fuck you. We're playing jazz the rest of the show. Did they? And they did. That's amazing. Jazz has been accused of being self-absorbed genre with noodling musicians. You know what I say to that? Five stars. Wow. Okay. I also rank jazz music. Okay. <laughs> guy might be upset, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Controversy. I said, I think it's cool. But I also think sometimes it is a bunch of garbage notes that people only think is cool because they feel like they have to. <laughs> three stars. The self-absorbed noodling, yes. Yeah, so three three stars, yeah. There's different levels of jazz. Sure. you got to go to New Orleans and see it. Yeah, no, that's like proper jazz. I'm talking about, you know, weird. Kenny G. But even that has some form to it. I'm talking about just the, like, tripped out 
oh, these, yes. these guys might be on drugs as Ex- opposed to... Experimental jazz does give good jazz bad name. Mm-hmm. On the next episode of Brick House. I hope this next team's fan base enjoys their team this season because Sam Hinkie died for it. Oh, man. I'm personally excited to watch this team this year because I've barely watched them in years despite them being the source of probably 20% of our Brick House podcast. Yeah. We'll be back in two days. Trust the process.